Welcome to Quantum Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. Every time you reach for your coffee mug, a neuroscientific mystery takes shape. Moments before you voluntarily extend your arm, thousands of neurons in the motor regions of your brain erupt in a pattern of electrical activity that travels to the spinal cord and then to the muscles that power the reach. But just prior to this massively synchronized activity, the motor regions in your brain are relatively quiet. For self-driven movements like reaching for your coffee, the go signal that tells the neurons precisely when to act instead of the moment just before or after has yet to be found. What's driving the system? That's next. Imagine you're in a lab where you've synthesized ancient DNA sequences and spliced them into modern bacteria just to see how they'd react. They needed each other, but they didn't want each other. (laughs) So, you know, it was like a very complicated relationship unfolding in front of me. This isn't Jurassic Park or some sci-fi movie. I'm Steve Strogatz, and this is The Joy of Why a new podcast from Quantum Magazine that takes you into some of the biggest unanswered mysteries in science and math today. Join me on The Joy of Why as we explore these questions. We may not have all the answers yet, but I'm pretty sure the curiosity to figure them out is in our DNA. Subscribe to The Joy of Why wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every other Thursday. paper in eLife, a group of neuroscientists led by John Assad at Harvard Medical School, finally reveals a key piece of the signal that tells our neurons when to act. It comes in the form of the brain chemical known as dopamine, which carries signals from one neuron to another. It's slow ramping up in a region lodged deep below the cortex closely predicted the moment that mice would begin a movement, seconds into the future. Dopamine is one of the brain's neurotransmitters, the fast-acting chemical messengers that are shuffled between neurons. But in the new work, dopamine is also acting as a neuromodulator. These chemical messengers slightly alter neurons to cause longer-lasting effects, including making a neuron more or less likely to electrically communicate with other neurons. This neuromodulatory tuning mechanism is perfect for helping to coordinate the activity of large populations of neurons. Dopamine is likely doing this to help the motor system decide precisely when to make a movement. The new paper is one of the latest results to expand our knowledge of the crucial and varied roles that neuromodulators play in the brain. With recent advances in technology, neuroscientists can now view neuromodulators at work in networks that traverse the entire brain. The new findings are overturning some long-held views about these modulators, and they're revealing exactly how these molecules allow the brain to flexibly change its internal state amid ever-changing environments. To identify what contributes to the sudden decision of when to move, Assad and his colleagues trained mice to recognize that a licking movement would bring them a juice reward. 
but only if they timed the lick to occur between 3.3 and 7 seconds after a cue from a paired tone and flash of light. So the mice had a flexible window of time in which they could decide to move at any instant. As a result, the timing of their movement varied widely across trials. But the level of dopamine rose to a certain threshold in the fluid-filled space around neurons right before the movement occurred. When dopamine rose very quickly, the movement happened early in the response period. When dopamine rose slowly, the movement happened later. Assad says the moment-to-moment influence of dopamine blew him away and that he still finds it surprising. Alison Hamilos is an MD-PhD student at Harvard and the first author on the paper. She notes that the movement didn't happen every time the dopamine level passed the critical threshold. That inconsistency jibes with what might be expected of a neuromodulator. Neuromodulatory chemicals affect changes that make it more or less likely for neurons to fire, but it's not a one-to-one correspondence every time. Dopamine was a major component of the signal that told the mice exactly when to move in this case, but other neuromodulators and neural activity that play a role in the go signal for movement still need to be investigated further. Mark Howe is a neuroscientist at Boston University. I think it's an important contribution. I think the idea of connecting endogenous signals, right, naturally occurring signals, to causal roles on rapid and long-term timescales is just a really important direction the field has to move in to understand how these signals work. The idea that there's a sort of this analog, slowly varying change in the dopamine signal that's influencing when to move is novel. I wouldn't have expected this kind of slow evolution during this timing task, although I think that the way that they explain it in relation to some of the previous work, for example, the ramping dopamine, the slower evolving ramping dopamine signals that we and others have shown previously. It makes sense. But I think that part is surprising. Previous work from Howe and others over the past decade demonstrated that dopamine levels rise rapidly tens or hundreds of milliseconds before an action occurs. So neuroscientists knew that dopamine was involved in signaling whether or not a movement should be initiated. The new paper shows that dopamine levels are also slowly evolving over many seconds to directly influence the decision about not just whether to move, but exactly when to do it. It could help explain why patients with Parkinson's disease, a movement disorder in which dopamine levels are reduced, have trouble initiating movements with proper timing. Their slowly evolving dopamine levels may rarely reach the critical threshold. The role of dopamine as a neuromodulator of movement is a relatively new discovery. Neuroscientists have long studied the role that dopamine plays in signaling to the brain that a reward might be imminent. Assad's team thinks it's possible that the slowly evolving ramps of dopamine they saw could be the same ramping signals that the brain uses to determine whether a reward is coming soon. The scientists suggest the brain may have evolved to effectively harness the reward signal to decide exactly when to move as well. Why would a neuromodulator like dopamine be involved in deciding when to move? It's possible that slowly varying neuromodulatory signals could allow the brain to adapt to its environment, 
Such flexibility wouldn't be afforded by a signal that always led to a movement at the exact same time. Here's Hamilos. The way that I think about it is that the animal is always uncertain to some extent of what the true state of the world is. It's never certain about it. You don't want to do things the same way every single time. That could be potentially disadvantageous. Although some of the functions of neuromodulators have been known for many decades, neuroscientists are still early in the quest to learn how much they can do and how they do it. There's widespread agreement that all neurotransmitters, like dopamine, can act as neuromodulators under certain conditions. Which role a molecule is playing in given circumstances tends to be defined by its function and activity. In general, neurotransmitters are released from one neuron into the synaptic space that connects it to another neuron. Within milliseconds, they cause the gates of ionotropic receptor proteins to open and allow ions and other charged molecules to flood into a neuron. This changes its internal voltage. Once the voltage passes a threshold value, the neuron fires an electrical signal to other neurons. In contrast, neuromodulators are often released in mass at sites all over the cortex to seep through brain fluid and reach many more neurons. Binding to metabotropic receptors, they act over seconds or minutes to make it more or less likely that the neuron will fire an electrical signal. Neuromodulators can also alter the strength of connections between neurons, turn up the volume of certain neurons compared to others, and even affect which genes get turned on or off. These changes happen to individual neurons, but when a whole network is blanketed with neuromodulator molecules landing on the receptors of thousands or millions of neurons, the molecules can influence every neural function, from sleep-wake cycles to attention and learning. Eve Martyr is a neuroscientist at Brandeis University. She's widely recognized for her pioneering studies on neuromodulators in the late 1980s. Martyr says neuromodulators wash through the brain. It allows you to govern the excitability of a large region of the brain more or less in the same way or in the same time. You're basically creating either a local brainwash or a more extended brainwash that Hmm. is changing the state of a lot of networks simultaneously. The powerful effects of neuromodulators mean that abnormal levels of these chemicals can lead to a bunch of human diseases and mood disorders. But within their optimal levels, neuromodulators are like secret puppeteers holding the strings of the brain. They endlessly shape circuits and shift activity patterns into whatever may be the most adaptive for the organism, moment by moment. Here's Mac Schein, a neurobiologist at the University of Sydney. The neuromodulatory system becomes the most brilliant hack you can imagine, because what you're doing is you're sending a very, very diffuse signal. You're blanketing an area in dopamine. You're blanketing in serotonin, but the effects are precise. The effects only happen where there's a lock for the key. In the past few years, a burst of technological advances has paved the way for neuroscientists to go beyond studies of neuromodulators in small circuits to studies looking across the whole brain in real time. 
They've been made possible by a new generation of sensors that modify the metabotrophic neuronal receptors. This makes them light up when a specific neuromodulator lands on them. The lab of Yulong Li at Peking University in Beijing has developed many of these sensors, beginning with the first sensor in 2018. We are taking advantage of nature's design. Li's team's work takes advantage of the fact that these receptors have already evolved to expertly detect these molecules. Jessica Cardin, a neuroscientist at Yale University, calls this the tip of the iceberg. She says there's going to be an enormous wave of people using these tools. In a paper posted in 2020 on the preprint server bioarchive.org, Cardin and her colleagues became the first to use Li's sensor to measure acetylcholine across the entire cortex in mice. As a neuromodulator, acetylcholine regulates attention and shifts brain states related to arousal. It was widely believed that acetylcholine always increased alertness by making neurons more independent of the activity in their circuits. Cardin's team found that this holds true in small circuits with only hundreds to thousands of neurons, but in networks with billions of neurons, the opposite occurs. Higher levels of acetylcholine lead to more synchronization of activity patterns. Yet the amount of synchronization also depends on the region of the brain and the arousal level. This suggests that acetylcholine doesn't have uniform effects everywhere. Another study published in Current Biology last year similarly upended long-held notions about the neuromodulator norepinephrine. It's part of a monitoring system that alerts us to sudden dangerous situations. But since the 1970s, it's been thought that norepinephrine isn't involved in this system during certain stages of sleep. In the new study, Anita Luti at the University of Lausanne in Switzerland and her colleagues used Lee's new norepinephrine sensor and other techniques. They showed for the first time that norepinephrine doesn't shut down during all stages of sleep, and indeed plays a role in rousing the animal if need be. Luti says they were extremely surprised by their result. I think that really also brings sleep into a different realm of states. You know, it's not just shutting down what happens in the wakefulness. Though the new studies by the labs of Assad, Cardin, and Luti studied only one neuromodulator at a time, the scientists emphasized that neuromodulators always work in tandem. Many labs are now aiming to study multiple neuromodulators simultaneously for a more complete picture of their influence on the brain. Researchers are also looking at evidence that some neuromodulators modulate one another. For example, endocannabinoids, the neuromodulators that bind the same receptors as the active component of marijuana, seem to help keep the amount of neuromodulators released by individual neurons within an optimal range. Joseph Cheer is a neuroscientist at the University of Maryland School of Medicine, who's been studying the impact of endocannabinoids on dopamine for nearly 20 years. He says it's key to understand how important endocannabinoids are. These things are crucial to our survival. We, in addition to making you know these well-known neuromodulators, dopamine and serotonin and acetylcholine, we have these things. We have these little molecules that are there. They're fine-tuning most synapses in our brain. 
But to martyr, studying neuromodulators in isolation can miss the big picture. I think that's akin to looking under the light pole for your keys just because that's where there's light. Now, I'm not saying that dopamine isn't important. I'm not saying that dopamine doesn't play a lot of important roles, but it goes to the fact that many scientists like linear, simple stories. Nothing about modulation is ever linear or simple. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Ballett. For more on this story, read Allison Witten's full article, Brain Chemical Helps Signal to Neurons When to Start a Movement, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Quanta Magazine is an editorially independent online publication supported by the Simons Foundation to enhance public understanding of science. <music>